Hello, welcome to today's edition of the Sowing and Reaping Audio Podcast. This is Monday, November the 16th. Wow, how time certainly is flying by. I cannot believe we're already halfway through the month of November, but it's like the old saying goes, time always goes by when you're having fun. Amen? And I certainly do have fun doing these podcasts, and I enjoy uh, doing what God's called me to do. Today we're going to be looking at the book of Psalm, chapter number 11 today, the book of Psalm, and chapter number 11. Uh, book of Psalm, chapter number 11, we find that the theme of this uh, chapter is that uh, God's rule provides stability in the midst of panic. Because we can trust Him, we can always face our problems. And we know that the author is the sweet psalmist of Israel by the name of David. So let's go ahead and read Psalm chapter number 11. And today we'll be reading verse number 1. The Bible says, In the Lord put I my trust. How say you to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain. For lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple, the Lord's throne is in heaven, his eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked in him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone, and an horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous, uh, for the righteous Lord loveth righteousness; his countenance doth behold the upright. And that's the reading today of Psalm chapter number eleven, verse number one down through verse number seven. You know this is but one of many psalms written by the psalmist David at various times throughout his life. These thoughts were pinned down while he served in the courts of King Saul. And what began as a time of great excitement quickly became a season of great difficulty and despair for David. Saul became uh, very jealous of David and sought many times to actually take his life. And on the surface, one would imagine there would have been little benefit for David during the season of his life, but it proved to be very beneficial uh, for him. During these trying times, my friend, David learned faith, he learned wisdom, and he also learned patience. Rather than immediately fleeing in fear, seeking to resolve the issues on his own, David just simply learned to trust the Lord and behave himself wisely before the court. And through great adversity, God was mightily working in his life and preparing him for the many tasks that laid ahead. It certainly wasn't an enjoyable season, it wasn't an enjoyable season, but it benefited David. And oftentimes, you and I who are saved by the grace of God, we are forced to deal with situations, we're forced to deal with circumstances beyond our choosing and definitely beyond our control. We each face difficulties and trials that are beyond our abilities to handle. Our first instinct in those times is to just go ahead and run away, flee, and hide. However, if we can learn to patiently trust the Lord in faith, He will see us through and provide great wisdom for us. Amen? And so today, with that being said, I want us to consider the assurances David offered in this psalm. And I want to preach on the subject today, having faith in a midst of fear. Having faith in a midst of fear. Uh, we look at verse number one down through verse number three, first of all, and we see here that uh, David speaks of adversity. We find that David, he actually speaks of adversity in verse number one down through verse number uh, three. Here we find that David speaks of the great adversity he faces in this particular difficult season in his life. Notice with me in verse number one, we find his trust. The Bible says, in the Lord 
put I my trust? How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? You see, David knew he had been anointed by Samuel, king of Israel, but things were not progressing towards his reign beginning any time soon. It would have been easy to have become discouraged and questioned the Lord, but instead David just simply put his trust in Almighty God. He knew the Lord had called him to become king, and in his time David would reign over Israel. And apparently some had encouraged David to flee as a bird into the mountains, organizing troops of men to challenge Saul for the throne. Certainly, he had, uh, he had developed a following, but David knew his path had been ordained of God, and he just chose to trust in God rather than seeking to work things out on his own. God had called him, and friend of mine, God would provide for him. And there's going to be seasons of great adversity that we would do well to follow the wisdom of David in. We must learn to trust in the Lord at all times, in the good days and in the bad days, in the good times as well in the bad times. Isn't it something that we trust God enough to save our soul, but we cannot trust God enough to get us through those good times or bad times? Friend of mine, oftentimes we are tempted to take our circumstances into our own hands and seek to work out a solution on our own. And while this approach may seem reasonable and even possible, you and I would do well to just simply wait on the Lord and trust in Him. Amen. Hot dog helping. Yep, right there. So, a uh, friend of mine, we find in Isaiah chapter number 26 and verse number 23, that will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And so there we find, number one, David speaks of adversity, we find his trust. Number two, we see his turmoil in verse number two. The Bible says, For lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot up at the upright in heart. David was honest and understanding of his difficulty. He knew his life uh, was being sought out actually by wicked men. They would do anything possible to get rid of David from the court. Saul's jealousy influenced other men to seek the life of David, presumably to protect Saul and the kingdom. And in all of this, David kept things in perspective. He knew they sought his life because he has an upright in heart. He is upright in heart. Their problem really wasn't personal with David, but the Lord he served and the determination he had to follow him. God anointed David to succeed Saul as king, and Saul wanted no part of that. He was infuriated that the kingdom would not pass on to his descendants. And friend of mine, it's like this. You and I cannot expect this world to understand or even embrace our faith. It's just not going to happen. Friend of mine, the world does not like you. It does not even love you. And if you're a child of God, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Amen. We live in a world that's tainted by sin, rebelling against the very God who created us all. And by the way, let me say this. I've said it many times. I'll say it again. We are all God's creation, but we are not all God's children. You need to be saved by the grace of Almighty God to be a child of God. Amen. Yep, and yep right there. And so, uh, uh, friend of mine, God created us all. They desire to live as they please without anyone confronting their sinful ways. Those viewed as a hindrance to their deceptive and depraved ways, they are marked, and they will stop at next to nothing to silence their voices and remove their influence. Those who are determined to follow the Lord, serving Him according to His word, will be targeted, my friend, by society. You can bank on it. They want to 
shared our voice. They want to remove us from this world because we serve a holy, righteous God and they love their sin. But friend of mine, we need to stand strong in the faith and stand strong in a in the power of God. Amen. And just and just done all to stand, having done all to stand. And so we find here his turmoil. But also, uh, as we look at uh, David, as he speaks of adversity, not only do we see his trust or his turmoil, but in verse, verse number three, we find his thoughts. He says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Friend of mine, this is an interesting thought posed by David. But we must not view it as a resignation of defeat. The foundation speaks of the set order of things. David knew that he alone could do nothing about the depravity of that day. Saul and those who followed him had rejected the ways of God and sought their own agenda. David knew if Israel was to survive the attacks on the foundations which God had ordained, then the Lord would have to intervene. And although we are thousands of years removed from David, this scenario is playing out again right before our very eyes. The very foundations of our society are being destroyed by those whose agenda is contrary to everything that's biblical and everything that's godly. We are facing increasing pressure to conform to the demands of society and abandon our biblical principles. And we may feel as if there is little that we can do. But friend of mine, we must remember that the Lord, hallelujah, amen, and hot dog, he's still in control and he's still on the throne and he still knows exactly what to do. He is not unaware of our situation and things are not beyond his control amen as a matter of fact uh, he is sovereign over our present situation when tempted to flee and hide we must trust the lord to equip us to face the challenges that lie ahead he is able and friend he is willing to meet our needs amen hot dog and yahoo too Second Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 9 says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Iniquity, amen. And so we find here that uh, as we face, uh, as we have faith in the midst of fear, we find David speaks of adversity. Secondly, today we find that David speaks of authority. Verses 4 through 7. Although... Faced with great adversity, David knew he had nothing to fear. God was sovereign and, and had maintained absolute authority. Consider this for a moment. The first part of verse number four, we find the position of the Lord. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Although Saul had departed from the ways of the Lord, he remained on the throne of Israel. David knew he would rise to the throne someday, but as of yet, it had not happened. It would have been easy to have given up and abandoned God's uh, will for his life. But you know what David did? He took courage in the Lord. The throne of Israel uh, may not have been occupied by a godly man, but the throne of heaven was occupied by the Lord himself. Amen. His throne cannot be overturned. God cannot be impeached. There's no one that can throw the Lord off his throne. The last time that somebody tried to throw God off the throne, he got kicked out of heaven. That was a dirty, rotten devil. Amen. So uh, how about them apples? Think about that for a while. Throughout time and eternity, God's throne had been and will continue to be occupied by none other than the Lord himself. We are in desperate need today of leadership in America and around the world. Those in position of authority, leading nations and people, have rejected the Lord and his ways, and it may appear that 
things have spiraled out of control, but friend of mine, the Lord, Almighty God, still remains on the throne, and we can take comfort in that. Amen. And so we find the position of the Lord in the first part of verse number four, and then we find the perception of the Lord in the latter part of verse number four through verse number five. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. You see, David knew God was well aware of his situation and the needs within Israel. His eyes beheld the works of men. He knew the heart of David, and he also knew the heart of Saul and his followers. David knew he may have to face a season of difficulty and a season of testing, but he was loved of God. Amen. He also knew God hated the violence of the wicked, and he would deal with them according to their ways. Friend of mine, most today never consider any accountability to the Lord. They feel as if they have the privilege of living their lives according to their own desires, and no one will ever question that or expect accountability. Many people today believe their lives are hidden, but friend of mine, God sees and He knows. We may have to face trials, but we are loved of the Lord, and we are cared for by Almighty God. The wicked will stand before God someday and give an account of the lives that they had lived. Proverbs 15 verse number 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Friend of mine, we win in the end. Amen. That's how you have faith in the midst of fear. You bank on the promises of God. Also, we find here the punishment of the Lord. Verse number 6. Upon he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone, and horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. David knew the wicked may have enjoyed a season of prominence and prosperity, but their evil ways had not gone unnoticed. Those who rejected the Lord and deny His way will face His wrath someday. Repentance was their only hope, and if they refuse to seek the Lord, He will deal with them according to their ways. Oftentimes today it seems like the wicked prosper, while the righteous may suffer. But there will be a reckoning day, my friend, with Almighty God. Those who choose to live life as they please, ignoring the pleading of the Holy Spirit in salvation, will someday, one day, face the Lord in righteous judgment. Those who die apart from the Lord Jesus Christ will be condemned in their sin and eternally separated from God to face the torments of the lake of fire. There's going to be a sad reality for untold millions, but such punishment is avoidable. Amen. Jesus endured the righteous judgment of God for sin in his body as he hung on the old rugged cross. He drank the cup of wrath in our place. Uh, no one has to stand before God accountable for sin if they will only come to Jesus Christ by faith and be saved by the grace of Almighty God. Uh, he provided atonement for sin, reconciliation to God, and the means of escape. Uh, Jesus is the only way through, amen. Apart from a personal relationship with Christ and salvation, one will face wrath and eternal judgment of Almighty God. And David saw all this in verse number 6. But what did he see in verse number 7? Well, he saw the prosperity in the Lord. The Bible says, For the righteous Lord loveth the righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. Wickedness may have been prevalent in David's day, but he knew the Lord was righteous and would uphold and defend those who followed him. The wicked may have prospered and even gained the upper hand from time to time, but friend of mine, they did not enjoy the Lord's favor. David knew the Lord was righteous and he would honor those who sought him. God knew the struggles 
the upright faced, and he will provide in their time of need. Amen. And it is very easy to become discouraged in the day and hour that you and I now live in. We look around and we see the advance of evil, and most people have no desire for the Lord and would prefer society experience uh, no reference to Almighty God. They want to silence our witness and marginalize our existence. Things will continue to get worse, but a friend of mine, as a child of God, we can rest in the Lord. There is comfort and there is help in Him. Amen. We are loved of Him and He will continue to provide for us. Jesus died in our place, redeeming us unto Himself. He secured our eternal life as He rose, triumphant over death. Thank God He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. He arose, triumphant over His foes. He is preparing a place in heaven for those who belong to Him. Life may, di may be difficult at times. It will continue to be difficult. And friend of mine, we have much uh, more to anticipate than the struggles that we have here. There's a brighter day coming for the child of God. Hey man, hot dog and hallelujah friend. I'm getting excited to know that there's a better day coming for the children of God. Those who are saved by the grace of Almighty God. We will spend eternity in heaven right in the very presence of the Lord. Thank God. Hallelujah. We can have faith today in the midst of fear. As I close today, let me say this. We are living in troublesome times. Our religious liberties are in the balance right now. They're being challenged and the moral landscape of our nation has radically changed. But we can face difficult days with renewed confidence. There's no need to fear because God is always near. Amen. Let me say that one more time. For the people in the back, amen. I said today, there is no need to fear. For Almighty God, He is always near. For those of us who are saved by the grace of God. We face nothing that He does not allow and will not be asked to endure any trial that He is not able to provide the wisdom and strength we need to make it through. We must not flee in fear, child of God, but we must stand firmly in our faith, trusting confidently in Him. So let me ask you today, are you struggling? Are there burdens too heavy to bear? If so, come to Jesus. Allow Jesus to ease your load. If you've never been saved by the grace of God today, let me say, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Well, this has been the Sowing and Reaping Audio Podcast. Brother Walter Terrell, thank you so much for listening today. And wherever you may be at, whether it be day or night, may you have a great rest of your day or night just on purpose.